do you do? You just write shit to make, you just make shit up. My shit was molten. It's fucking molten, asshole. Hello and welcome to the Movie Mouthfuls podcast, a movie podcast with zero table manners. Each episode we'll be tucking into movies and the odd television show to chow down on some of the most iconic cinematic cuisine scenes in cinema history, as well as just about everything else that we can get our hands on. Yet again, I'm Jordan, but trying to be known as the film fella online, and as always I'm joined by the UK's number one competitive eater, not food eater like I said last time, because obviously that's what he eats. I'm an idiot. Bid meets food! That was uh, that was some intro. I'm st- I'm trying to get my shit together from the listen to the clip at the beginning. <laughs> it's molten. <laughs> He's having a meltdown while uh, talking about, talking a mel- about something mel- melted molten. Yeah, uh, it's good to be back though. Yeah, wait, I, it's, it, it feels like well, it has been longer than usual. Um, we've we've had two mini breaks due to the football. I was going to ask you how you're doing, but we'll, we won't mention the football anymore. But that was the reason we kind of had a week on, then a week off. Then we said we were going to do it again, and then. Heaven behold, they did it. They almost did it. So we, uh, yeah, we took a week to uh, just. It would have been so much quicker to just blame me. You, you, I, I would have been totally <laughs> up for that. Well, hopefully now that there's nothing to distract us, because uh, you know, ain't no stopping now. <laughs> See, look, we can we can start um, doing what we said we'd do, which is uh, chow down on some cinematic cuisine scenes, as as I say every week. Um, also, um, obviously, thank you for everyone that voted for us in the, the My Roadcast competition. Um, paid any bit of attention to any of that that I was shoving out into into the ether. Uh, we we didn't win, but um, it's the taking part that counts, right? No, but I mean, I, I don't <laughs> mind. It kind of fills you with a bit of fire when you don't win stuff. Well, well, well. If, hopefully, touch wood. We're still doing this next year, at some in some capacity. We'll we'll go again. <laughs> Um, do you want to tell people again if they've clicked on this or they just listened to that clip and they've got no idea what's going on? What what we're talking about this week? We're talking about the movie Chef, which um, it makes it sound less epic because it's just one syllable. But um, yes, yeah, a, a movie called Chef, Bart Chef. Yeah, and well, as you'd imagine, because it's it's a chef, it's about food. There's a hell of a lot of food, so we'll we'll jump straight into general stuff, I guess, and then we can jump into the general food in the film, and then we'll do the scenes. How's about that? Yeah, let's jump into general stuff, yeah. <laughs> Sound more enthusiastic. <laughs> Come on. You said ju- you said use the jump and general analogy like three times in the space hey, of one sentence. Look, I struggle sometimes. <laughs> it's hot in here. <laughs> let's kick it off. Let's do it. Well, ge- general chef stuff. I mean, I don't even know where to start with this. Do we talk about who's in it? Do we talk about why it got made do we talk about what it in fact before all that you can explain what this uh very standard you know one word film is all about <laughs> let me do it i've been i've been doing pretty well with these um concise summaries lately so chef is a movie about a chef um and the movie essentially uh, this chef he's, he's a lifelong chef this is a passion he loves being a chef I'm going to do he, chef count in a minute. <laughs> <We're up to laughs> five. <laughs> yeah, and he he, uh, he works for you know, he works at and and for uh, a, a restaurant, obviously, <laughs> since most chefs do. <laughs> and uh, he, I I don't want to spoil it entirely, but he's not entirely satisfied with his uh, how it's going there. He's not allowed to creatively express himself as much as maybe you would like to, and he feels that um, you know when you're a chef, you want 
you, you know, you, you, you always want to be evolving, making the best cutting-edge stuff, and he feels like things have got a bit stale. Not literally stale, but, you know, in the figurative sense, um, he's not making exciting dishes. So it's kind of about his his rebellion against the uh, the system and uh, how he, he goes on a bit of a journey to, to uh, start up his own thing. Did I do that justice? Yeah, I think so. I think that's, that's pretty bang on, isn't it, really? Um, yeah. I mean, it was fun. You, you first bit of your description. Obviously, it's a film called Chef. It's very difficult to describe a film about a chef called Chef without <laughs> saying Chef about 600 <laughs> times. I was just trying not to giggle while you were trying to explain it. Um, but yeah, so it stars John Favreau, who plays the chef, Cal Casper, um, which... Uh, quite a cool name to be honest could be a superhero name actually yeah yeah um which uh you know we're, we're gonna get to part of you know little potential fun fact as to why this film got made um that could link to that you've also got scarlett johansson as well um you've got dustin hoffman i think you did a good impression of him at one dustin point hoffman. <laughs> dustin hoffman because <laughs> yeah he's uh dustin hoffman is also uh some sort of pokemon that can only say his own name <laughs> <laughs> i watched outbreak the other night you know with, with dustin hoffman yep. and Rene russo that's such a great movie, you know, with the monkey. I mean, it's it's, it's especially yeah. relevant right now. It's a bit of a more, kind of like a hammy version of um of uh what's the, the more recent one, um Contagion. Yeah, uh, it's not quite as you know serious and people dying left right. Well, I mean, people melt because they've got Ebola, <laughs> but you know, it, I mean, it's 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 a little bit more Hollywood. Anyway, let's. I, I don't know why yeah, I, I, went I, I don't know. Yeah, I enjoy the little tangents about actors when I mention them. Sometimes uh, it's got RDJ himself. It's got Robert Downey Jr. in this. For no um, reason, <laughs> as, as far as I can tell, for no reason. But Jordan's got a theory on that, so. Um, and then um, I'm going to butcher his name, but um, if you Google the guy, you will. Are you going to say? Him. You better not say John Leguizamo wrong. There you go, nailed it. You can do it instead. I know you're going to do that. Um, you've also got uh, Bobby Cannavale, who's in quite a lot of stuff as well. Who's the, the other chef? Adam's looking at me funny. He's the other yeah, guy. I don't know that one. I know. I know John. I don't know that. No, I mean, I don't know him personally. I don't know the other guy. <laughs> um. I don't know if I've seen the kid in anything else, but we've got MJ Anthony who plays his son, um, Sophie Vergara, I believe. Who's it's um, got to be Vergara? Yeah, um, who's from Modern Family, um, and then you've got Oliver Platt and Amy Sedaris. Who, um, if you watch, if you watch something like BoJack Horseman, she plays Princess Carolyn in that. So she pretty much does the same role in this that she does in that, which was quite funny for the little bit of screen time she plays his agent, where she's like telling him to ham it up. But we'll we'll, we'll obviously get yeah. to that point soon. So. My my whole theory on this entire film, um, which isn't entirely my own, um, coincidentally, as we were recording this today, one of my favourite YouTubers, which isn't Adam, <laughs> is... Uh, what? <laughs> uh, Mr. Sunday Movies, um, his editor, Ben, um, who's now got a channel called Ben from Canada, he, um, he does quite a lot of like, film sort of essays, I guess. Um, he was comparing that this film was basically made um, as sort of John Favreau's way of getting out of his frustrations about Iron Man 2, because if people don't know, um, the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe that is now wouldn't have existed without John Favreau, really. If that first Iron Man film that he directed failed, we wouldn't have got the rest. Um, he did the second one, obviously the second one, up to you whether you like it or not, got a lot of flack. Um, he's always been involved in them since, but he stepped away from the directing because of that. And the belief is, is that this film, because it came out the same year that Iron Man 3 would have come out, this is kind of an allegorical depiction of like the issues and creative differences that you might get as a, as an artist trying to do something and then being stopped. Um, you know, as, as Adam, as Beard mentioned, to do with the restaurant wanting to do things a certain way and him not being happy and stuck in a room wanting to do his own thing. 
So, yeah, I thought it was really interesting to go check out the Mr. Sunday Movies video. Not that I need to push that on this podcast because he's, he's doing plenty extra, fine. Look at an extra 12, 12 <laughs> viewers. Uh, but he's really interesting. Obviously, I can't take that entire thing as my own thoughts. Um, I did see the artist comparison, but I didn't know. I didn't line it up with the Iron Man 2 stuff. So that was in short, cool. in short, this movie is supposed to be some kind of um, analogy for... How John Favreau? What's his? What's the name of the character he plays in? That you know, the, plays Happy, which happy, he, say, that's he it, says yeah. a lot in the in this. I actually made notes that he uh, he says, "I'm happy, I'm happy," a lot, and I'm like, I was sat there going, "Yes, you are, yes," <laughs> like the whole time. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's so, yeah, it's, it's uh, he. Uh, if you didn't know who he, who John Favreau played, um, then that's who he plays. But yeah, it's his uh, little two two fingers up at Marvel. Not really because he kind of went back to it, but you know. Yeah, he's kind of he's just getting him getting his frustrations out about it. Did did you know any facts about John Favreau? Like, obviously, the other reason he made this is clearly because he loves food. And he Who must, doesn't? He must feel well. Exactly. This is why we're here. Um, but yeah, he clearly sees that as sort of an artistic expression that he can do without anyone sort of telling him what to do. But he uh, he did a lot of training for this. So he actually trained with um, one of the most famous food truck chefs who's now got his own restaurant chains and all sorts, a guy called Roy Choi. So he did like French culinary school. He learned how to like, do the knives. So all of that all of that stuff that you see in this film, what it's about a chef. I'm not really spoiling anything. He, he does chefy things in it. Um the the guy <laughs> things. Things. he cooks stuff he cooks stuff and he has all the knife skills and stuff like that but that's that's all John Favreau from from learning how to do it apparently Roy said that he wouldn't come on as um, sort of the you know the expert to help him he wouldn't do it if he didn't do justice to how a normal chef would do his job and you can see that in the films that's kind of the film side of all this I guess yeah um, I mean the 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 opening scene is great you know for this movie especially if you're into if you're into, yeah, that could be a, that would be like an exceptional cut to a to a uh, you know a YouTube video. Those you know in the in the food space, it's like really cool B roll in like the food. Yeah, space but it's not, it, what yeah. I love about it is it's not overly complicated. It's not like all oh, you mad speed ramps and all that, which I mean I do a lot of to be fair. But <laughs> but yeah, it's it's just really well shot. And the fact that John Favreau's doing the, I mean when he's he's cutting the, I don't, it's not a cucumber, it's something long and girthy. Don't, I know what you're thinking. Yeah, phrasing. He's cutting it, and he, like you said, he's really cutting that. He's not even uh, looking. There's a yeah, point yeah. where he's looking away. Obviously, yeah. I don't know if it's camera trickery or not, but he's not even looking. He's just chopping away and doing it like really thinly sliced. And, yeah, it's a great intro. Um, so, yeah, um, that was that's pretty cool. Um, one, one fact that I don't know if you'll have noticed in this film, obviously, he does end up getting a food truck. That's kind of the, part of the plot. But you can actually see Roy's own food truck in one of the scenes and apparently it's in um try to look through what i've got here there is a place that's really famous where loads of people go yes yeah, so it's a place in los angeles in venice like venice beach area called first fridays which is i think something that roy originally created and his kogi truck is there alongside the el jefe his kogi truck. truck what's he selling kogi oh all right kogi i, I think kogi no like not Queen's corgis. Corgis. <laughs> Yeah, um, yes, there's probably treason in this country if you open up a corgi truck. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, also, um, fun fact, the tattoos that he's got all over his arms and stuff aren't real. Um, John Favreau doesn't have any tattoos or sleeves, but to be as authentic as possible, apparently a lot of top chefs um, sort of in sort of like that space in like trucks and things and what the areas and circles that Roy's in 
they have it as a way of like expression and showing the commitment to cooking and stuff. So I'm sure there are got. some really good chefs without tattoos. Oh yeah, totally. But I, yeah, it's uh, right. apparently just something they wanted to add I'll to take show your his passion for, for for stuff. So yeah, I don't know how interesting that fact was, but uh, I took it anyway. I'll give it a four out of ten. <laughs> um, is there anything you just want to like just just mention that's not part of the scenes that I've already preempted with you before the podcast? I mean. My confusion with American food mainly stems from when his kid goes to that market. Um, you know, it's kettle corn. Is kettle corn not just popcorn? What's the yeah, difference? It's, it's popcorn. It's but they, they the put same. sugar on it, right? Is that still... You could do that anyway with popcorn, can't you? Is it just more I think sugary? I think it's just, probably just more sugar. I don't know. I'll tell you the truth. I've got the the beignets covered and some of the other stuff, but um, kettle corn, I don't know. I think it's just... I did like that scene, though, when he's talking to him about the comparison between kettle corn and fruit. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, eat the fan. That's how I would be as a dad. I'd be like, put the fucking we can swear, right? <laughs> put the kettle corn down, son. You can have maybe a little hand for he's got the size of the bag he's got. That would I, I don't like even know that I could finish size that. Bag. It's huge, isn't it? yeah. I don't think I could finish that. Like I'm being serious. Because popcorn baby. is hard to eat. Yeah. Um and yeah, he's trying to give him like the the whole look, fruit can taste good. And they're at like a farmer's market type yeah. thing, so it's all like super fresh and he's, all, he's picking all of his ingredients for his, uh, his film critic, not his film critic, what am I about? His, uh, his food critic um, thing that he's got coming up. Yeah. Um, which he then goes and has some Naduja sausage, which, uh, yeah, made me very, very hungry because I, I love like the Naduja. You love sausage. sausage. I love, I love <laughs> the sausage. <laughs> Who doesn't? Um. Uh, one of the notes that I did put just in general about this film, and we've already kind of touched upon it, um, just straight up, this is like if Happy quit his job for Tony and just went crazy. So if Happy Hogan just just quit and just went a bit mad for a little while, it just feels... I get it. It's got I, the I same like, kind of energy. <laughs> I feel like maybe he wouldn't have the commitment to do it. I think he spend too much time eating the food he was cooking if it yeah, was true. Happy. He's a, he's a bit, bit lazier, a bit more jovial in it than serious yeah. and hardworking. But yeah, it's hard not to see that when you've seen, you know, the you know the Marvel stuff. Speaking of which, the uh, the the scene where he's, he's he's happy hitting on Black Widow, that's just just no. I I didn't really buy it. I'll be honest. I, I didn't really get it. I was I was thinking, am I just really horny today, and I'm seeing <laughs> this kind of sexual tension, or is there supposed to be? And then you kind of realise there is. I think she's just with him. Well, not with him, but she just fancies him because of his food. She wants the food. Yeah, <laughs> probably. I mean, she absolutely sort of like dies during the spaghetti carving. That's pretty fucking cool, right? Spaghetti yeah. on a little little carving fork. It's, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I like that. Um, don't know. I think you know. She might be with him for his purse. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to criticize the guy. I'm just saying, like, the way I read it, she was kind of mostly interested in the food, and he was, like, the the, dessert, the seasoning to go with the food. <laughs> I mean, doesn't, doesn't everyone want Scarlett Johansson lusting over you cooking on your bed? I mean, I've never really been a huge fan of Scarlett no. Johansson. I wasn't even that sad when she died. Spoiler alert. Not Scarlett Johansson, by the way. <laughs> not the real... No, I mean... <laughs> Black Widow. Breaking news. <laughs> Uh, yeah, um, obviously it's quite interesting that obviously uh, as, a, as the director, the producer and the star of this, he, he cast her, but then also cast Sofia Vegara, um, who, you know, two very, very beautiful women, um, you know, go on, Johnny boy. <laughs> Why would you not? I mean, <laughs> we, um, we don't want to cross that line. We get very, very yeah. close to that line of sexism right here. That's not, yeah, like, I think we're yeah, supposed to no, we're trying to be compliment. Uh, just cut yeah. this out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah we're, we're, we're not sexist, but we're, you know. We're just saying, <laughs> if you were going to cast someone. Um, obviously, as well, did you notice his, um, he goes to see the film with his kid during that sort of opening bit, and it's Iron Man. 
He goes and watches this, the pulsar sound of the Iron Man. He's watching Iron Man. I did cinema, not notice. Only which again you would adds to that. that whole. It adds to the allegory because he doesn't look happy about watching Iron Man. He looks like bored out of his mind. So it's kind of another. Because he's thinking about like ahi tuna and all kinds of other stuff that he wants to be cooking. <laughs> um, and I just really enjoyed the the whole vibe at the beginning of this film and sort of like the midway point of fuck Twitter. We, yeah, <laughs> I got a little note about that actually because I can, as we might imagine, I can highly relate to that because I'm still yet to be fucking verified. It's um, criminal. I, I'm probably going to get verified before you, and I've got like 500 followers. <laughs> it, it would not surprise me, I tell you. But um, yeah, I, I like that. Um, I like the whole um, the anti-social media agenda of this film. In a way, I think I like it. It shows the kind of the pluses and negatives pros and cons of uh social media and its influence on um the well many industries but particularly the restaurant industry um because essentially that's what destroys his reputation but also beginning. creates it exactly it's, it's cyclical because his, his kid becomes like this this marketing wizard these aren't spoilers watch the film it's fantastic there's loads of stuff we're missing out but his his kid is obviously like ten years old or whatever, and has grown up. He, you know, there's even a bit where he's like, "Do you all have a phone?" Because obviously, John Favreau is a bit bit of a technophobe in this. Like, he, yeah, he yeah. does show that he's completely out of the loop. His, his son has to make him his Twitter account. Well, we should say actually, a big part of the film is um, it's it suggests at the beginning he is a, he's he has a child, right? Yeah. Um, but he's estranged from his wife, and he's it's implied that he's not the best parent, not because he's a bad guy, but because he's totally driven by. You know his creative his career, vision, yeah, his, yeah. his career, and he, I think he recognizes that 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 kind of um, his relationship with his sons kind of come at the expense of that. Yeah, the the whole the whole marketing side of it, um, like the cyclical sort of nature of it, with uh, like his his kids sort of being the the, the yin to the yang of him not quite understanding how you know technology works and being a bit technophobic and things like that um, is really cool. I quite liked it, obviously. I'm in the marketing background, so I was like, "This, this kid's, this kid knows his stuff." Um, you know, Vine has a blast from the past. I had six second videos. Who'd have thought they'd stick, eh? Yeah, well, they TikTok. didn't stick. <laughs> I, I, I didn't think they would, they would stick. I mean, I suppose yeah, TikTok now. It's just come back. Right? I, I never understood that Vine died and then TikTok popped up literally a few years Vine, later. Vine had some good talent on too. I remember there were a lot of people that made funny stuff. Well, they all just moved on to YouTube. A lot of them have got like really big YouTube channels now because there was a whole Vine. Tick, like everyone was whinging that loads of people had come over from there's actually some good people that have come from it so yeah but yeah it's a blast from the past and that was what only seven years ago was it don't know this is this film's 2014 so i don't know when i don't know, don't know when vine died but vine was around at that point <laughs> um what else have we got I, I did put a note that I reckon I do all right at Latin dancing because um, they basically go to a club and it's just a little bit of jiggling, which is basically a dad dance, and that's basically what I do. So but if there are any people into you know salsa or any kind of Latin dancing, we're not trying to criticize. We're yeah, not no, trying I'm to just say it's not saying that the, the, whatever was showcased in the film just looked like John Favreau doing a little bit of a dad dance, which I suppose he is a dad, um, so maybe that's where that came from. But yeah. I reckon I could do it. Um, cornstarch on your balls if you ever run out of uh, any talcum powder. And you're a bit, it's a bit humid today. Where's the cornstarch, man? I'm, I'm sweating my nads off here. I ain't cornstarching up. You just have to peel your testicles off your thigh. I've done it three <laughs> or four times today. It's not, oh, it's just, I, I, that was a very interesting. I, I did like that scene. It was very funny, but I, it was very strange at the same time. And now I'm kind of half tempted to Google it and see if it would actually work. 
But then at the same time, that's a, a weird lot of search history that I don't want to drag yeah, no, up. You don't like, want can that. you put cornstarch on your balls? <laughs> like, I feel like you just take. I mean, they're they're all in a van together. You could probably just take your jeans off and. Yeah, they're all men. <laughs> keep, keep your pants on. Get some nice breathable underwear, and you should be all right. Surely, you probably got ice in there. It's a food truck. I guess the last bit is not really to do any of the scenes that we're, we've chosen to talk about, um, but we have again. Um, we don't live in New Orleans. <laughs> he makes a promise to his. I fucking um, wish. <laughs> I think we would. Well, I'd have melted with, with, with me. Is the way I am. Um, I'm already sweating buckets in this room. I'd have probably melted if we. I'm surprised you're not in. peeling under this like 30 watt light we've got. <laughs> <laughs> Feel it now. <laughs> Um, but yeah, he, he promises um, his son that he'll take him. And obviously, as, as Beard says, there's a bit of contention about how much of a father he is. And obviously, it's a, f- a feel-good, happy film by the end. So take of that what you will. There's that word um, again, happy. Yeah, happy. Well, we, uh, he says it a lot in the film, to be fair. But the uh, the vignette, the vignette, the vignette, the vignette, spelled vignette. Vignette, B-E-I-G-N-E-T. Yeah, so it's uh, um, as uh, Adam informed me earlier, because I thought it, it kind of is a donut, but it kind of isn't. So do you want to very quickly explain what it is? Philistines called beignets donuts. It's it's like a donut, but it's um, it's shoe pastry. It's supposed to be shoe pastry, which is fried, and then they sugar them. Um, it's a Creole dish, right? It was, um, if I'm not wrong, I could be wrong on this, but it came typically from French um, yeah. settlers in Acadia. I think, yeah. which was the north, kind of east, um, before evil Britain um, <laughs> expelled That's those why people. It's, it's got that, that French district and everything, hasn't it, in, in yeah, New yeah, Orleans. Yeah. And, um, you know, the only thing I can think of, whenever I think of New Orleans, it's really, really stupid, and you're going to be annoyed that it's superhero-related again. But did you ever <sighs> watch the 90s X-Men series? The cartoon Ga- one? Yeah, do you remember Gambit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That Ra- was the raging Cajun. But that's that's the that's the that's, that's the, the best version of Gambit to me. Yeah, but it's the accent as well. It's just that hey Sherry, <laughs> like the, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was terrible, by the way. That was um, awful. Hey Sherry, you said like in like um, George Formby or something. Hey Sherry. Um, but yeah, we we can't get them here. So um, and it turns out that I've bought them. Uh, they've already started to look a bit sweaty, and I don't think Adam can actually eat them. Um, Mate, I ain't eating them. No. Look at those. You, no. We're talking about beignets, I've right? Got, I've got raspberry jam donuts, which they don't have raspberry. In. I've also got some sort of little. This is just mainly for the ASMR because it, you said you liked it on the last episode. So we've got a little bit of uh, some sugar ring donuts. Look, look, just just for the audience, and because obviously I'm a fat twat. I'm not actually, but you know, I will. I will eat. A donut. This is the closest you could get to beignets. This is making me hurt. If we have any sub, uh, subs or people that listen we probably do in New Orleans, in America, I'm so, so sorry. Yeah, we're really sorry. It's uh, it's just a sugar ring donut, but just pretend. Just pretend. Use your imagination. You don't even know what I look like, so just use your imagination. Mmm. What a really tasty New Orleans beignet. Mmm. Lovely. They don't even look nice, man. They look like those proper budget. What were they, like 85p? Mmm. On the on the because because they're about to go off today, B- Bainsbury's and um, we won't you know we won't use slander against the actual, <laughs> but very Beignet, dry Bainsbury's. <laughs> that was bad. Don't laugh at that. But uh, yeah, anyway, while, while you're finishing that, um, yeah, Bainsbury's are. But I mean, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. But um, what what happens in the 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 end of the film or towards the climax is he specialises in uh, kind of Creole cuisine, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why we're talking about beignets. But um, yeah, they are. People say they're donuts. They're not. They're 
fried shoe pastry, and actually they're often eaten for breakfast, oh, wow. which is ludicrous. It's, I can't think of a, a, a it's less... It's like covered in powdered sugar as well. It's just yeah, like yeah. a big fried sugary... sugar. Yeah, it's just fried sugar with sugar. I mean, it'll be, it's, they, they taste good. In that heat, you would probably quite like the energy, you know, like it'd help maybe. You'd feel a bit more... Don't know. I'm, no, I'm not with you there. I think no, maybe I something like something nutritious. I don't eat breakfast, <laughs> but it's something more nutritious than that. I'm not saying that it would be the better option. I'm just saying that maybe maybe that's why. I don't know. I really want to try them now. Um, I think New Orleans is definitely somewhere I do want to visit someday if I ever get a chance. Oh, it's carnage, man. New Orleans <laughs> is great. You know, there's a place called, oh man, what's the place called? I've forgotten the name of it now, um, but they're very famous for frozen Irish coffees. That sounds amazing. Oh man, you'll not if you Google like New Orleans frozen Irish coffee, you'll, this place will come up. Oh man, the, I had I must have had like eight, and this was after I did an oystering <laughs> contest. I think I'd eaten like 140 oysters, and then it was a it was a messy evening. But um, yeah, Christ. New Orleans is great. Well, there you go. There's you. <laughs> it's almost like this podcast kind of like touches between like film, food, and almost like sort of a travel guide, just because uh, you're so so worldly with all of your YouTube stuff that we can. Oh, yeah. uh... I must have been to like what twelve cities or something. <laughs> and all these random places in the UK don't downplay it. Come on. <laughs> oh yeah, I was in the uh, the utopian paradise of Tamworth earlier this week. That was nice. <laughs> If anyone's from Tamworth, we, we love you. Uh, right, should we go to scene one then? Let's, let's do it. Scene one, and this is now clocked in at the quickest point into scene one that we've ever done. <laughs> Serious, get out of town. It feels like we've been going forever. Uh, it's just, uh, you know, it's... I did ramble quite here. a lot. It's my, it's, it's my, it is, it is. It's worse when I did the... No, it's not worse. It's almost equal to when I did the Jackmate podcast. Um... Not that I want to mention a rival podcast, but <laughs> that was yes, absolutely. Rivals. <laughs> it, it, it was uh, in the same way that, like, I don't know, Yeovil Town and uh, Man City <laughs> rivals. But yeah, it was it was hot in there. But this it's hard to regulate temperature in here. It's it's fine. We're you know we're, we're doing it. Look, as long as if if there is anyone that's still listening, you better be because we're doing it for you <laughs> at this stage. Um, but yeah, scene one. So I've picked um, it. We're going to mention our friend, who's not our friend, but is our friend anyway, and probably mention him again in this because he's good friends with John Favreau, um, as I wish I was as well. But um, you know, binging with Babish, God, we mentioned all the time. We have to pay has, him royalties. Has, has done this, this grilled cheese, the specific one. I think I don't know whether he's cooked this or he cooked either. The, he's either done that or the molten cake. Or he, he's done all of them. He did the grilled cheese John sandwich. Favreau. He did. Uh, yeah. He did the. He did the. Uh, the Cubana, the Cubano was not with John Favreau. The uh, grilled cheese was, and I think the molten yeah. lab cake was. Yeah, yeah. So um, some of the stuff we're going to talk about has been done by both of them and John Favreau as well. Again, but uh, the grilled cheese scene um, I've combined with the the Twitter scene because the grilled cheese in itself is it's almost like a bit of sexy food b-roll for about a minute and then the rest of the scenes to do with twitter and then i've I've tail ended it with that amazing looking breakfast which just there's not really anything to say but because this is a food podcast we can't miss the the grilled cheese because he he cooks it in such a if you're from the uk it's such an mns level of of cooking um and what we mean by that for anyone that's not from here um marks and spencers is sort of a sort of a middle class upper tiered sort of supermarket you can say it's the posh people yeah yeah um and all their adverts are very indulgent and slow and they've got like a very slow 
Almost sexual. Almost sexual, but not sexual, because obviously it's a food advert voice while they're describing, and it's always, it's not just any food, it's M&S food, and then you sort of want it. Um, so the grilled cheese, how they film it, is very similar. Um, and he's, like, rubbing it? I've never seen anyone do that, like, actually rubbing it on, the, on like, the, the the hot plate. and. Yeah, he, make, he makes some steak, though, I, I, I feel, when he's doing that. you know, I mean, he's a chef, right? So I don't want to criticise. I'm not much of a chef, but if you're going to do a grilled cheese sandwich... I would always cut the top, not with uh, melted butter, but with mayonnaise, because it prevents it a little bit from burning. It gives it a I've nice heard about that. Yeah, it I've gives it a nice it. kind of. Um, I don't want to say sour, but it gives it kind of a. Yeah, not. I, I don't know. It gives it something else, a bit, a bit of a creamy edge. Um, but I mean, I don't know. I've never tried it because I'm, I'm not a huge. Like I eat mayo if it's in like a chicken burger or something like that. I just don't buy it and use it as a condiment. We've we've spoke condiments before. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I like everything else about it. Um, you know, obviously it's proper thick, sort of almost. I don't know if it's like a. I don't know if it's a sourdough or some sort of. It's a, it's a premium of, grilled cheese sandwich. The yeah. way the way it's, it puts it's done. different cheese on it as well. Like it's not yeah, just yeah. you. That you, kid's such a spoiled brat too. Like the he kid, takes it and just goes, it's good. It's good. It looks amazing. Like the cheese pull, even yeah. in the scene that the kid doesn't. That he definitely I, highly likely, glue on that. highly likely that food is potentially real. Maybe I think it is because it's, it's easy to do that with a grilled cheese sandwich. I think because of the kind of constituency of everything. Yeah, um, you don't need to use glue to make that I, cheese no, pull. Probably but it's, it's huge. McDonald's. The cheese pull's huge, and like Favreau's even eating it in that scene as well. Like he's nicks a bit of it, and the kids are just like obviously it's written into the scene, and it's 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 not a real. Well, he's a real child, but he's not a real child in terms of the dialogue he uses. But, dude, your dad's like an absolutely insane chef and just made you like probably the best grilled cheese sandwich I've ever seen. I suppose he's but probably he's probably acclimated to it though, you know? Like he's probably Maybe. had that his whole life. He's, no, it's no, just boring. <laughs> no reason that he shouldn't still appreciate it, but um, it does look like a great sandwich, yeah. Um, I did notice in the scene, like there, I haven't got really anything to talk about. It. I just wanted to talk about it because it's a it's a cool looking sandwich, but his flat is absolutely awful. But I think that that is obviously all part of this emphasis that he's sort of a bit down on his look. He's not with his wife anymore, but he's literally his kitchen is like the best part of the entire house, and then everything else or the flat is just garbage. There's just like stuff piled up everywhere in it's the like background. It's like my house at home. <laughs> Kitch- kitchen's the only area that's clean. I hope Lynn's not listening. She might be. <laughs> You won't. <laughs> um, yeah, the, obviously this whole scene is just to point out, one, the, the Twitter um, setup where he's finding out about um, what's been said about him because he doesn't go on Twitter, he doesn't have it, and also the father-son dynamic. That's kind of like the two main reasons for this whole scene existing, I guess. Yeah, because the, we, uh, what I was going to mention earlier, which yeah. I kind of messed up a little bit, is that the film isn't really about food. I mean, it is about food, but it's more about the kind of... Uh, reparation of this broken relationship um that he's got with his with his son because it's come at the expense of um you know his his career so it's important that it plays off in in the beginning his son's a little bit he kind of looks at him like he's a bit of a you know a, a bit of a loser you know <laughs> yeah. like he, he he doesn't really want to spend time with him and stuff um and then you know the the from from the key point which we're going to get onto the the whole food uh food blogger is that what they call him in the in the film? Yeah, he's like a food reviewer. He's got a really cool name as well because it's basically two real chefs that they've just smashed together to make his name. Well, literally, <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, after that, it's about you know on the road together and you know father and son doing it all together. 
and then that's what's a really heartwarming about it. This could be a Christmas film if everything wasn't so hot. Yeah. And it wasn't yeah, set in New Orleans. Yeah, lots of hot places, Miami. They should do a California. chef too at Christmas. That'd be amazing. I'd watch that. Well, he does a series, the chef show he's done, he does with Roy Choi, but he doesn't, it's not a character. It's just John Favreau and Roy going in the van, driving around, cooking stuff. They cook for like RDJ and Tom Holland at one point. Which is really weird, and then they do another thing. Where, Robert Downey like, Jr. is not that hard to say, man. RDJ, RDJ, make it sound like a like a really rubbish rapper or something. <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. Um, but yeah, um, check that out. I watched that. That just makes you really hungry. But it does actually tell you how to cook certain things. It does help. It does teach you stuff, um, which is pretty cool. But anyway, never never tweet someone an insult like that when you don't know what you're doing. It's <laughs> all I'll say. It reminds me of my dad. My dad used to do something, not on Twitter, but on Facebook. He would just he'd be, he'd be saying stuff that, you know, bless him, he thought was private. Be straight. Yeah, he does done it on this. He thinks yeah, he's yeah. private. <laughs> um, yeah, so we won't say any more, but obviously we've implied a lot there. And then just to, just to tail end this little bit, the, uh, the all-American breakfast that he makes, again, nothing really to say about it. It just looks fucking good. It, like, the hash browns look super crispy, and it's those, um, it's like the, the proper hashed hash browns, not like what you get from McDonald's where it's like a, an actual like giant chip sort of thing. It's a proper grated thing. So, cool sausages, really nice eggs. I just got really hungry. I watched this like really late last I night. Watched, I watched it late at night. I had a bowl of bran flakes whilst I was watching it. See, I've got discipline, so I just thought, you know what? I'm hungry, but I'm going to go to sleep. Yeah, no, I had a bowl of bran flakes. Got to get that uh, I fucking that love bran, bran flakes, so I love them. I really like the taste of them. Yeah, well, I had like two bowls while I was watching it because I was like, this is quite two. boring. It's quite you boring. Quite, you a, animal. quite a boring food. So I'll eat this and it might sort of disassociate with all the cool stuff that I'm watching. Have you got anything else that you want to say about the grilled cheese scene? No, it's just a great grilled cheese sandwich it and uh, grilled it to death. <laughs> oh god. Yeah, yeah, we, we definitely have. Right, we'll move on to scene 2. It's fucking molten. <laughs> it's mol sorry, I couldn't help myself. Obviously you've heard this at the beginning of uh, of the episode. Unless you skip that bit, why would you skip the best bit? No one wants to listen to me or Beard talk about films or food. The only the only thing you should do is you click on it and listen to whatever I've Just chosen the first five seconds. That eventually, probably, if we do gain any traction, we'll get pulled down for. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Copyright then, infringement. So that it won't even be there. <laughs> um, but yeah. You know what? It's so funny. I I, I know I've di- digressed a lot yeah, in this go, podcast, yep. but it's so funny you should say that because the first Binging with Babish video that was a recipe from Chef, if you actually watch it now, he's had to silence the first 30 seconds of it, which I imagine as somebody who creates content on YouTube, he would have got a copyright strike, but because the video is up, you know, you don't want to take it down. You put your heart and soul into it. You can, There's now a tool on YouTube where you can take out audio. Yeah. So if it's te- detected, you can take it out. Yeah. I didn't think a, a YouTuber quite as big as, as as Babish would have to do that. I thought that he may be on the phone to his partner manager saying, sort it out, guys. Or John. <laughs> or John himself, yeah. <laughs> yeah he's good just mates like, can you okay this? Because, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a strange one. I mean, even I've been hit with, even, even, even teeny tiny little YouTuber that I have been three months ago, that I'll, I'll, I'll come back, all right? Leave me alone. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I've been hit by that and then I had to decide whether to re-edit stuff and obviously I'm still learning, which isn't fun. But anyway, enough about me. More about the molten cake. So... Um, well, it's not a molten cake, it's a lava cake. Um, so I've combined this with the therapy cooking scene because you get two bits of food in this one scene. 
I believe it's therapy cooking anyway, what he's doing, because there's no other answer to it. Um, I don't really want to completely spoil things, but let's just say, as Beard pointed out, and what I've said about like an artist being trapped, um, obviously it was at a restaurant, we mentioned a food truck, put it together. So obviously he goes away um, and sort of therapy cooks, and I believe it's probably like all of the menu that he wanted to present to this food critic. We probably um, should mention in brief the fact that yeah, a big part of the plot is that he, he works for Dustin Hoffman, right? Yeah. Dustin Hoffman. Um, and yeah, he, uh, he, wa- he wants to make this... There's a food critic coming who really loved... Um, Ramsey Michael, that's what I thought, because Ramsey, they've obviously Gordon Ramsey and they've, they've created that uh, name on purpose. I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah. He's the dude that the actor plays him as a guy with a massive head in Bicentennial Man. Yeah, Oliver Platt. Oh, so, okay, yeah, him. Um, and... Yeah, he, so a big part of it is he wants to cook this really special menu, which sounds really great because he wants to impress the guy. His, his chefs all love it as well. They're all like, his chefs all love it. The in. only person that doesn't is Dustin Hoffman, and he makes this analogy about if you want to see the Rolling Stones, Mick Jagger came out and didn't pay, play Satisfaction, you'd be pissed off. So, you know, play your hits is what he says yeah. to him, as in, you know, make the menu you've been making for years. Mm-hmm. Naturally, that f- falls on its ass, uh, especially with the lava cake. Um, and yeah, it's, from then on is, is what, you know. It's what sort of pushes him, inspires him, I guess, or whatever you want to call it, into the direction that he goes after a little bit of a funk. Um, yeah, and then you have to get that therapy cooking scene, which I think is really cool because, like, a lot of people probably do do that. You know, if you had a stressful day and you do really enjoy cooking, you know, even if it's people like who just make a cake or something like that, but in his case, he makes like <laughs> he just makes a ton of food, and it never explains what he does with that ton of food. Like he makes all these salsa verde type sauces and all sorts. So he makes like he even like makes his own um, caramel. That he cracks and turns into dust to use yeah. as a frosting for that his food. So cool. It, yeah, it is the whole thing, and obviously, I'm guessing part of it is probably John Favreau being filmed doing it, and other parts of it is maybe standing chef and footage, and presumably Roy Roy Choi, as we mentioned before, probably did some of it. But yeah, it's really cool. I thought that that was uh, just a, a nice little bit that they put in, but then obviously it ramps it up into absolute batshit level territory when he finds out that the critic has obviously tweeted again saying why am I being fed? Because uh, you know he's gone back, he's called him out, he's gone back, as we mentioned from the last scene. Um, and he, he basically gets given the same menu because, as, as Beard says, Dustin Hoffman doesn't want to, to change the menu, so he's eating exactly the same thing, even though he's been told to come here and I'll change your life. But obviously, um, Casper's not there. Carl Casper's not there. Um, so he tweets, calls him out, and then he just gets enraged. And as I was mentioning before, the this allegory between this and like John Favreau's own personal experience, it's it's kind of him... Again, this scene is definitely a very raw John Favreau lashing out about critics, and you don't understand. Like, I'm sure you you've got a very successful YouTube channel, so you could probably mildly. Oh, oh, well, you know, be modest, yeah. But um, you could probably understand as a creative. You know, some people don't understand what you do. They probably pick at it, and there's a lot of time and effort that goes in. There's a lot of people that do love it. There's a lot of people that have helped you along the way or worked with you or whatever. And you're sort of doing it for for all those reasons. But at the end product, a critic or a reviewer only sees that one yeah, part, yeah. and like he says, um, you know, like he screams at him, you know, it hurts. Like it, yeah, you know, yeah. it actually, it actually hurts. Um, you know, it hurts him. And he's even like standing up for, even though he's left the restaurant, like saying like, you've damaged this guy. This guy thought he was going to have to close down because you've given him, like, I think he gets two stars, which is like, 
average. I'm guessing if it's out of five or whatever, but that would yeah, be, that would be below average if you ask me. Two point yeah, well, five yeah, got the average. Well, yeah, two and a half. Yeah, obviously, <laughs> maths, obviously, but you know what I'm saying. Like it's uh, it's one of them. Um, you know, it, it, like I've, the quote is like, "I'm not cloying, I'm not needy, I don't care what you think. You're not getting to me. I'm not needy." And it, it, the best bit, which is nothing to do with what I've just explained, but he, he describes how a chocolate lava cake is made, which is perfect. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's telling him that it's like you know, it's under, it's not undercooked chocolate cake like you put in your review. You know, you have to um, freeze a cylinder of ganache and then put it in the ramekin, and then as it cooks, it sort of turns that inside bit molten. Which uh, I never really knew. I thought it was just an undercooked. There is. Thing, I love so. that. You know, I love that scene as well. I was getting a bit fired up watching it too because yeah, I'm thinking a, there mad. are lots of people, especially like th- in this day and age, when you know you got like in- I hate that word influencer. You know, when you got the whole influencer marketing sphere mm. and people are at their beck and call. Like you get people following people, and just because they like them, they'll they'll buy what they tell them. They'll not buy what they tell them. And what he's trying to say is. This this guy is okay. He didn't subjectively he didn't like the food. Carl Casper knows it wasn't bad food, but it, okay, it wasn't like the hippest food, the best food he's ever it, the the critics ever going to yeah. eat. But he put his um, effort into it. But what it? he's saying is, yeah, I mean, I could never be a food critic like that. You know, I always try and even if I've I've, I've eaten at some dives, believe mm. me, some mm. absolute shitholes, and I would never say this food is terrible. Don't eat here because you have got people who you know livelihoods. They, they could be and, yeah. they could have just had a bad night, or I mean, if you look at my videos, there are some absolute duds in there right mm. there are some good ones but not everyone can be a banger right so yeah. i i, I kind of relate to him on that on, uh, in that, that particular that's the thing. film though isn't it which is probably <laughs> you picked this one this week we were going to do it eventually because obviously it's chef it's got food in it but uh yeah i think it definitely probably did strike a chord with you i guess <laughs> for that reason that it's, it's like a creative it's, it's a creative artist journey type thing and the frustrations that come with that, as well as the the kid father son dynamic, which I'm sure, I'm sure you probably can't associate to as much. You've got kids. No, I don't know. Can... You haven't stolen one since I last saw you or anything like that. There's no. I could, you never know. It could be one out there. Comes knocking <laughs> on my door one day. Um, the end of this scene as well, kind of cottoned on, is obviously he's obviously been filmed by everyone. He's been put out there and been ripped in. And I mentioned it earlier. It's nothing really important. I just want to mention it that his agent, um, who's uh, played by uh, the same person that plays Princess Carolyn from Bojack Horseman. It's exactly the same as it's an agent. It's Amy Sedaris. Um, it was trying to put him on Hell's Kitchen, which I just thought, Mate, I, I as, love... as a Brit as well, would have been like, hilarious if like Ramsey had popped up in this as like a cameo. But like, yeah, I just thought, yeah, that's definitely 100%. In the real world, not a heartfelt discovery type film about creatives. In the real world, the person would have probably gone, yeah, stick me on Hell's Kitchen. <laughs> uh... I love that part though. That part was spoke to me on such a deep spiritual level. When Do all he this says, to make money. <laughs> I'm going yes, I'm, I'm to delete my Twitter account, which I actually think multiple times a day. I'm getting sick of them now. But, um, I won't be able to contact you then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. You're the only person I speak to on Twitter. And um, yeah, she says, no, no, don't delete it. You can, I can get you money for mentioning shit. And he says, yeah. he says back to her, with the purest of um, of intent, he says, "I don't want to do that. I just want to cook." And I thought that's exactly what I think. He didn't want I get... to be honey boo boo, is what he says. <laughs> yeah, I don't know who that is, but yeah. yeah, I get. Man, I get these emails all the time. Like, will you sell this flipping herbal tea? Will you sell? You know, we sell these. Um, what was that thing that people do? Oh, like vape sticks. And I'm like, mate, I don't, I don't. They, they're like monetize <laughs> your audience. I'm like, I don't want to sell to my audience. I want to entertain them. Yeah. I want to entertain you know. Um, I think yeah, the only time I've ever seen it and it's been something of interest and I only mention it because you, you never know what might happen with this podcast <laughs> it's like if you find something that actually you would like and you can give something to someone that's like 
an offer that is something that you would also pay for yourself. Like not like you don't vape, so I don't get why they would ask God, you no. if you want to sell a vape stick. But if someone were like, oh, I don't know. If Elon Musk wants to give me the new Tesla Roadster, <laughs> I will totally sell out for that. But it would take, that's about my level. Uh, burger kits at home or something like that. If you had them and you liked them, I suppose. Something like that. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> right. Well, I haven't got anything else on that one. So should we move to scene three? Because we're running out of scenes now. Let's. Well, this this is the the... the main scene it's the main thing about the whole film really it's the where it starts to really take off um the cubano sandwich um on the food truck once he's got it all made up and for anyone that doesn't know a cubano is a sandwich made with ham roasted pork swiss cheese pickles a bit of mustard sometimes they put salami on it apparently and then they, they basically butter it both sides and the press and sort of make it like a, almost like a toasty it looks really, really, really fucking good. I'm not gonna lie. I would, I, I did try and get us some for this because there is a restaurant in Leeds that makes them. I have no idea if called Cubano. Um, it's a uh, Revolution de Cuba. If anyone is in, there's a Leeds. restaurant in Wakefield called Cubano. Oh, is Maybe we should have gone there. Oh well, we should have mentioned it now. <laughs> yeah, I brought these crappy uh, beignet substitute donuts, and we could have been sat here eating a delicious Cubano sandwich from could a place been. called Cubano. <laughs> <laughs> Nice one, beard. <laughs> anyway. uh, but yeah, uh, I mean, the one that they make is just he, he likes he like marinates like the pork shoulder, doesn't oh, he? And man. it just looks absolutely sensational. Do you not I, feel like when I, I watched again to mention binging with Babish when he did it, yep. the prep was unreal. Like he said, you have yeah. to soak it for twelve hours yep. in this one brine, mm-hmm. which was really hard to make in the first place, and then they had to marinate it in all the citrus stuff. And I'm thinking, this is a fucking food truck, man. Like, the, the best I've seen come out of a food truck is when I was, like, boiled burgers you get, like, on match day, you know, when you're down at Ellen Road. And you, you look if you get some red onions on there instead of white ones. Or salmonella. <laughs> yeah, these are... I've always wanted to... You can, like, from where we're from, like, if you went to somewhere like Leeds Trinity, they have the kitchen that sometimes has, like, sort of food trucks up there. And they, they seem to be, like, becoming more of a thing in the UK now for, like, events. Like, I've noticed, like, if you go... There's a, place that i've been to in leeds again this is not sponsored it can be if you want it to be but it's not <laughs> <laughs> after adam's just said about the selling out stuff um chow down in leeds um i believe there's probably other places similar to it they've got loads of food trucks you get beer and get different foods from places so they are becoming a thing um i would definitely kill if one place did like a cuban sandwich like because it just looks like a really really fancy meaty toasty really yeah man i love like creole cooking and a lot deep stuff like i'm surprised they don't make a big deal out of po boys in that movie because they're in new orleans yeah well they do they make a special don't they because when they move they do specials in the two places they go so they do do a po boy in um do do you know what's in a po boy because i haven't i I did i saw it wondered what it was and then didn't make any notes on it they can they can they can be different types i think it's um the the shrimp po boy is a big one right i had catfish yeah they use quite a lot of fish don't they because it's like a fishing area i guess they use like a lot of shrimp (laughs) it's a fishy area it's a fishy area fishing is a big industry in that area it's not a fishy area yeah (laughs) um so yeah that's um what they do there so do that as a special alongside the cubano and then um the team that we're about to talk to in a little bit about is uh, uh in austin texas and do a special there as well I um this whole thing, I mean, before that obviously we got the RDJ, the Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> before you jump in bit. I quite like the bit where he has to put the little booties on 
for no particular reason whatsoever. That's just like when you come to my house. I put booties on. The little, Either that or you take your shoes off. <laughs> well, I, I always take my shoes off when I go anywhere, but obviously he puts little booties on. And then, uh, yeah, this this is very much, that, that particular bit with Robert Downey Jr. is a very Robert Downey Jr. role. Yeah, it's, very, it's just Robert Downey Jr. playing bit, Robert Downey Jr. It's, yeah. it's a little bit like if you ever watched The Trip, you know, with um, yeah. Steve Coogan. Yeah. They're just playing fictionalized, over-the-top versions of themselves. Yeah, he's, he's just, yeah, he's just crazy. He's just an eccentric, crazy person. Um, but yeah, that that's that's sort of before this scene. But the Cubano sandwich stuff, I really enjoyed that. Uh, again, I did, the kid is a little shit. He's like, oh, you could have just gone and bought that from the shop, is one of the things that he says. And then they tease him and they keep cutting it off and eating like the crispy bits on the edge. And they're like, oh, no, you won't get this from shop. And are you sure this guy's your kid? Um, stuff like that. And then they obviously give him it and he's like, oh, it's, it's amazing. Um, and then they feed all of the people that helped him put the stuff on the truck as well, which is like the first time that they make it as a as a team. I didn't like that part. I, I could have totally, put, I could have put that on the truck myself. And I'm 156 <laughs> pounds. These guys need to get lifting some weights. <laughs> I needed the help. <laughs> um, yeah, there isn't. I haven't again. Like this whole film is about food, and we've been talking about it for like 50 odd minutes now. So the scenes in themselves are just iconic scenes because as the title of this podcast and the preamble to it is that we talk about cinematic cuisine scenes yeah so it, you know i i did quite enjoy at the end when they finished they have the he's got the cuban sig he's just like set out because they've obviously done the first thing got the cuban sig his kids there cuban and cuban sig cigar oh you know so cute well, you know i'm siggy you know I, I, look <laughs> i'm from yorkshire leave a me stogie. Alone. it's a stogie <laughs> And he gives his kid a beer, which uh, is quite funny, but obviously you don't like it. Yeah, um, but it's it's cooler than that. I like I like that that part when they're they're kinda kicking out. He's left the restaurant, he's like, fuck you guys, I'm gonna go do my own thing. And the fact that his kid is helping is a really kind of heartwarming Yeah, it does add adaptation to patient. Because he yeah, like you said, he doesn't understand Twitter, he doesn't understand social media, but that is a huge part of what gets them the success they get in addition to the viral video of him shouting at this food critic. Yeah, because they, they're just wanting to do a road trip and just stop at random places. Like, um, yeah. and, and John Favreau, the, the character, he doesn't, um, I forgot his name now, Carl Casper. Um, he, he, he's really, there's a cool scene when he, when they come back um, to the truck and there's a huge line. Yeah. Um, and he's really, he's like, how did that happen? And the kid's like, well, you know, I just told him where we were going to be. Like so he, it, yeah. he's pretty much yeah, his, his, his marketing guy. And uh, so I, I feel like there's some legs in that. I, I would like to see a sequel because I can see, well, you, you know what happens in the end, but. Yeah, we won't spoil the end because no. we haven't got anything to do with it. But yeah, I, I do think it would be interesting to see. I don't know what they would do, but maybe just do a film where it just shows more sexy food B-roll. I'd be up for Chef that. 2, <laughs> Chef Harder. <laughs> Chef Fast and Chef Furious. <laughs> too fast and Chef Harder the Vengeance. Oh, right, we need to stop. We get stuck on this weird loop. Chef Four, the Revenge. <laughs> right, okay, I'm done. I'm done. Right, shall we move on to the final scene, which is basically nothing, but I just want to mention it anyway. Yeah. Cool. Theme four, uh, Texas Austin, the uh, the midnight barbecue low and slow brisket. Um, I don't really have anything to say. I just really fucking love brisket. I I did I did my own like slow cooked brisket a few years ago, and it was the best thing I ever did. But unfortunately, my other half doesn't really like it, so I can't make it that often, which is a bit upsetting. She doesn't like it. She doesn't like like steak or like brisket. So you can't make it. Well, I could do. I do make. I've made myself steak since. Can you imagine what like I do? Mrs. B likes bread. 
garlic bread <laughs> Good point, and chips. I'd, I'd be able to make nothing. That is very true. <laughs> yeah, it'd be a very interesting YouTube channel if they were the only consistent things. In today's episode, we're eating lots of chips again. <laughs> This time the McCain's were not sponsored, by the way. Um, so the the only fact that I've got is that the barbecue place in the movie is Franklin's Barbecue in Austin, Texas, which regularly sells out before noon and has long lines of customers waiting to get in. Aaron Franklin from Franklin Barbecue in Austin, Texas. As you can see, I've taken two quotes here, put them together, but not read it, and then read it out loud very, very quickly and not realized that it said <laughs> the same title of the place twice. But anyway, yeah, Aaron Franklin um, was awarded a James Beard Award in okay. the category of Best Chef in the Southwest. I don't, I don't, I that don't rolls know. off a tongue to it. Best Chef in the Southwest. A James Beard Beard like Award gonna, as well. He's going to shoot like shoot two guns <laughs> <Yeah>. off us. <laughs> I presume it's the guy that's just sat on the bench with them with the sunglasses that doesn't really say anything but just says, yo, thanks for coming. Yeah, I've got yeah. four for you. And then they sit and they, they pretty much have free in the end because they pretty much eat half of the other one, which you would. Yeah. Because they've been like cooking, like the cooker for like 24 hours. Have you got any brisket related Texas Austin? No, but I, you know what I do love about them? There's nowhere like that in England where. You know, the food sells out before closing hours. No. There are lots of places like that in America where the food is but so good, it's built so much on reputation. Wilson's Pot Pies near, near us sometimes does. Come off it, mate. They don't sell out. <laughs> they're good, though. I mean, Not I'm, sponsored, I'm, by the way, but anyway. No, but I mean, they're close to us, and they, they are good. I'll, I'll give them that. I like their pork pies. My granddad used to flip and love Wilson's Pork Pies. The queue at Christmas Eve or Boxing... So there's a time around Christmas people get them as part of, like, their Christmas food. I know we're going off of yeah, Texas yeah. Anyway, barbecue, anyway, but the queue for it, anyway. What, yeah, I'm, what I love about... Uh, yeah, the states is you. You often get very famous places, which they, they'll never disappear. Thank God, it's good that they've got like this great reputation. And you often find as well with with barbecue in America. I think the dirtier look in the place, the better the food is. Like I once went to this place in. Uh, it wasn't in. I think it was North Carolina, and it was basically a canteen. It looked like a fucking school canteen. I'm not joking, but the food was absolutely banging. It was cheap. But it was great. Did you come on a metal tray. Like, it, 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 yeah, you literally it. you went. You, you you got like a, a metal tray. You were uh, you 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 started at one end and you just got what you wanted. So you, you got like sweet potato casserole, man. Stuff that it like sounds over like here. it comes with like it's just in my head. I'm thinking like they've got like cornbread and all that. Kind yeah, of yeah. Stuff. yeah like, like over here, you go you go down to like quotes. I don't want to. I'm, I'm, I'm going to dig the places, them out. But I'm going to dig them barbecue. out. Red barbecue. The, the food's good, right? But it's I mean it's nothing like you know. And um, yeah, you get you you get like your brisket, all the stuff that's been smoking for twenty five days or some shit, and you, yeah. you, all all the fixings with it, and then you get to the end and you pay for it all. You get like a little ticket, and uh, you know, you, I, I know it's just an authentic experience. Yeah, and like I say, we I have nothing else to say. I just wanted to mention that I really fucking love brisket and I miss it, <laughs> and that like what you've just said, it would be nice if there was places in in the UK where we could get like some proper authentic. Like low and slow sort yeah. of stuff. But I mean, it's, it's hard, it's just, I think. It's just difficult. It? A lot it's of it's handed difficult. down, you know, from families and stuff, like the, the stuff that makes it special, I think. Yeah. yeah, all the secret rubs and recipes and all that kind of... Secret rubs. On. Secret rubs, yeah. And on that <laughs> note, kids... <laughs> uh, yeah, is there anything else you want to mention about that scene? They literally turn up, but like I said earlier, you mentioned about the poor boys bit when they go to uh, New Orleans, they make... Um, they do the Cubanos and the yucca fries, which we didn't mention, but they do yucca fries, which is another, like, you know, Havana-type food, I guess, Miami sort of food. Um, do they, they do um, croquettes? I'm not sure. I think they mentioned that at some point. 
Possibly. I, I just know that they do these two like speciality things, and just because they, they they are scenes where they significantly go somewhere and do something and show food that, as a food and film podcast, we had to mention them. Um, but yeah, not else you want to add? No, not in particular. So we got the outro. Let's do it. Get out of here before we melt. <laughs> yeah, man, I we're, smell we're so low bad. And slow and <laughs> yeah. And there we go. Episode six. Um, yeah, we missed a couple of weeks, but we're back on it. Hopefully we'll we'll try and keep this ball rolling and you know, who knows? Will we make it to episode ten? Find out. <laughs> keep listening. I don't know. It's it's been um this one has been a little bit all over the place because it's hard to talk about, um, given that there aren't specific it's punctuated by a lot of food. There's just food everywhere. Yeah. So but yeah, in summary, definitely go watch Chef. because uh, it's not too long. It's not like a three-hour epic or anything. It's a feel-good film, uh, but yeah, probably don't watch it if you're liable to get hungry late at night. We, we've given you a sort of like a preset of what for... Make yourself a grilled cheese or something like that. I'll get the one from Five Guys because that's pretty good. Yeah, that, that was the other thing I could have got, but um, you know, time constraints and whatnot, I'm sorry. Yeah, so you, got some... you wouldn't have been able to eat it anyway. Like, I've brought stuff, and again, he's on one of his, his fasts. So. <laughs> I, I wouldn't touch those if I wasn't. If I was on a 100,000 calorie charge, I wouldn't be touching these things, man. Look at the state of them. Never seen something look so miserable. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, sorry, we, I went off on one. <laughs> so, as always, we're available wherever you get your podcasts from. I never understand why people have to say this, because obviously you're listening to it, but if you want to listen to it on a different podcast thing, we're also on there. So, there you go. In, in, case, in case it's been played in public or something. Yeah, yeah, for some reason, or your mate's got it on in the car, and you're like, what is this? Because you've never heard a podcast before. What is this? <laughs> I want to make sure I never listen to it again. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Movie Mouthfuls podcast, just give us a search, you'll find us on your favourite or, you know, whatever podcast provider you want. If you do find us, make sure you click follow or subscribe, or if you can give us a review like you can on Apple Podcasts, then please do. Um, as we always say, a nice review would be would be good, would be preferable. But if it's um, a funny one-star review, we'll take it. <laughs> yeah, if you want to put a silly one in um, with a wink and a nod, then you can do, but if you're just a, a dick, then don't. <laughs> Just don't. I mean, I've called you out now. You're going to do it. I mean, why would you listen to 59 minutes of this and then done that? I don't know. Good reviews will get us out and about and more people can find out about us, hopefully. You can find us as a collective on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Movie Mouthfuls. Um, you can find myself at TheFilmFella underscore. You can also find me on YouTube by searching the film fella. I'm not going to say when I'm coming back, but I will do at some point. Um, and I do like film and TV reviews, which is the whole point of me doing the film side of this. And then obviously Beard is uh, Beard meets food and he, he won't tell you where he is, but just... I'm just everywhere now. I'm like the Matrix, <laughs> fucking omniscient, I'm like everywhere. Is there any food in the Matrix? I've, I've, I've sworn too much on this. I, I, this is my bit of freedom. I'm PG-13 on my YouTube channel, so... <laughs> Um, yeah, come and find me if you're into food, which and, you probably are. And less swearing. If you're into food, less swearing and... Uh, I don't know. What else can we add to that? Really bad jokes. Yeah, like just shit jokes. Puns, yeah. On this one, we kind of just say what we feel. <laughs> see what yeah, happens. Yeah. Um, if you fans send us any questions or you've got anything that you want to say to us... Um, obviously Somebody can... suggest... In this one, I'm sorry to interject there. Go on. But uh, just so I can... I mean, Jordan tells me that we're, 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 we're kind of ramping up the followers every week. I, I'm not really buying it. So what I want to see is I want to see somebody tweet uh, at Movie Mouthfuls with the next movie we should do. 
There we go. Yeah, do Somebody our job do for us. <laughs> but it's got to have food in it. Don't just suggest something that's not got food in it. Or something weird. Like, we're not doing zombies because zombies eat people or something like that. You've yeah, got to no. be, like, pick, pick actual food-related films. They're probably already on his list, but we'll... First first tweet, we'll, we'll do, hopefully. It's going to be your mum. <laughs> also, don't put that. It's going to be you in it. <laughs> anyway, as I was saying, if you fancy sending any questions, you've got anything you want to say... You can obviously tweet us, as Adam has just said, but if you want to be more formal for some reason or you've got an offer that we just can't refuse, then uh, you can email us at moviemouthfuls at gmail.com. Also, if you do want to support the podcast Don't in any particular way, yeah, he, he hates the Patreon thing, but if you want to go over to patreon.com slash moviemouthfuls and donate just a quid or whatever the equivalent is, you can do. If you don't want to, or you can't, or whatever, it's fine. We totally understand. Just, just keep listening, please. <laughs> Big thanks to Lee. We didn't, we didn't, we didn't do a Lee joke this week. Just we a proper, didn't. proper thank you to Lee for for the music on the pod. It is uh, much appreciated, and we'll keep saying thanks until he gets a band to tell us to promote. Um, and then we will obviously be back very soon, hopefully, providing there's no more international football tournaments that come in between us. Um, but just remember, if it's a little humid and you've not got any baby powder, try some cornstarch instead. But we're not responsible for the consequences. If it goes wrong, you end up in A&E or something. Yeah, yeah, don't put it up your butt or something like that or any anything weird, you know. What a weird way to end the podcast. <laughs> We've well, the game weirder, I guess. <laughs> See you in a bit. Peace. Hi, I'm Dietrich. I'm Alex. And I'm Ben. We're from the podcast That Song From That Movie, the journey through the very best and worst of movie songs. We want you to join us on our voyage across the cinematic sound waves as we take a deep dive on a new song and movie each week to figure out just what makes them tick. Already we've set sail with Celine Dion on the Titanic, found a friend in Toy Story, and gotten drenched out in the rain with Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Hopefully each breakdown allows us to answer the ultimate question of what's better, the movie or the song. Or at least learn something new along the way. Just like learning that Toy Story 4 is a meaningless cash grab without a soul. You can subscribe right now on all good podcast platforms. If you use one of the bad ones, then that's on you, and we can't be held responsible. Subscribe to That Song from That Movie.